progress. Oh, do I have to hit? Oh, welcome have back to do something there? Oh, no. <laughs> no, hey guys, League Podcast. Today we are joined by a very special guest, Ngoran Paladin. How's it going? Very good, boys. How are things? Awesome. Good, good. We were talking before the podcast and we've, we've realised that we live on the same street pretty much, which is a crazy coincidence. This is unbelievable, eh? I mean, how long have you been in Birkdale for, Connor? Um, I've been here for about 10 months now. I moved from um, Birkenhead just down the road, so... Wow. Well, yeah, I've I've been in Birkdale for about 10 years, so, you know, I've probably driven past your house a few times, but, yeah, small world, isn't it? Very small world. <laughs> so what we like to do at the start of every podcast is we like to do a segment called The Set of Six. So basically, I'm going to ask you six quick-fire questions, and you have to answer with what comes off the top of your head. Okay, cool. All right, Far let's away. do it. Favourite fast food? Oh, Wendy's. Favorite sports event you've been to in your life? Um, All Whites Bahrain, two thousand nine in Wellington. What? Who was the biggest Origin snub this year? Jake Trebojevic. I totally agree with that one. What are your predictions for State of Origin? New South Wales to win always. Oh, come on, mate! <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite vacation spot? Um, I like going to Fiji. Um, I've been five times, and I'm going back again this year. Ooh. There's the one. And your favourite sports team of all time? Parramatta Eels. Parramatta Eels. Wow. Yeah. Is, it, is it weird that you're... Because are you a Parramatta Eels fan? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so a little bit about me. Uh, yes, I'm a Kiwi and have lived here since I was just approaching five years old, but um, I was born in Parramatta. So um, to, to Kiwi parents, well, dad was a Croatian born in Auckland, but um, when I was born, the family was living in, in Australia at the time. And we were living in Parramatta, literally like a stone's throw away from the stadium. So um, I was born in 81 and through the early part of the 80s, Parramatta were the best team in the world. And we could just sort of sit out on the on the driveway and watch people coming and going to the stadium after, you know, win after win after win. Um, and I suppose it's just something that stayed with me um, for my whole life. You know, like once you support a team, you, you don't really go back on them. Um, obviously, yeah, a huge Vodafone Warriors supporter as well. Um, you know, this is where I live, Auckland City, um, and I want the Warriors to do well. But um, I've got the blue and gold running through me, and I always have, always will. Yeah. Yeah, I always thought just because you do all the Warriors stuff that you're a Warriors fan, I just always assumed it. But, yeah, it's sort of interesting to know. So we do a trivia thing on the podcast. We do like a – I think we've done it five times now for guests, and they've got it wrong every time. So no, <laughs> no pressure here. You can be the first one, but – well, it's a Warriors-based question for this year. You obviously cover them, so okay. it could help you. Who has scored the most tries for the Warriors this season? Most tries for the Warriors this season. Oh, boy. Not many tries have been scored this year, so that's a tough one. <laughs> How long do I have? Um, is there a stopwatch? Can I Google uh, it? <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, People have just been struggling. Like we asked the Mad Butcher, who's the top point scorer for the Warriors, and he didn't know. We've asked people like, we think they're easy questions, but people just seem to struggle with them. So, 
Um, even though he's missed a bit of game time, I'm going to say Dallin Martinez Lesniak. We've got our first ever correct answer. Well done. Boom. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there was a Fantastic. bunch of people on like four or five tries and he's got six. So, yeah, who would have thought? Brilliant. So, yeah, well Brilliant. done. <laughs> I'm I'm pleased to be the first person to get the answer to the question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So focusing on you, obviously, we like to sort of go through people's journeys. We're wondering what sports were you interested in growing up and did you actually play any sports growing up? Yeah, I, I played a lot of sport growing up, um, but my main ones were football, so round ball, soccer, um, and tennis. And Basically, from the age of about five or six, um, I played football. And then when I was nine, I think mum um, sort of passed it off as, hey, you can stay fit for the football season if you play tennis in the summertime. But I think she just wanted me out of the house all the time. Uh, so she got a bit of free time herself. But, um, yeah, I played tennis in the in the summertime, football in the winter. Um, and I don't know, like I've, I've often said that I'm kind of like a – not an anti-New Zealander or maybe a reverse New Zealander is a better way of putting it in that most Kiwis will play rugby union in the winter and cricket in the summertime. And I kind of avoided both of those sports, but um, played those those two. I was a big football fan, um, big, big football player, played a bit of um, age group stuff um, for Auckland sort of from um, 14 through to 17 years of age. Um, but then work and study got in the way. Also played a bit of table tennis, um, represented Pakaranga Intermediate and Edgewater College out in East Auckland um, when I was a, a youngster. Um, really, really loved the table tennis. I'd go to Gillies Ave on a on a Friday night in Newmarket and play like inter-school competitions there. And um, yeah, I, I, as much as I love rugby league, like I really love rugby league, but I never played it. I was... I was tiny growing up and I was scared of contact and I think my mum was scared of me getting smashed. So um, I never, ever played the game. But um, because I was born in Parramatta um, and there was that love of the team, love of the Eels right from the word go, um, yeah, that's that's sort of my, my favourite sport to watch. Um, and, and most weekends I'll, I'll watch not only the Eels and not only the Vodafone Warriors, but I'll watch maybe five or six other games just because I've got an interest in the sport. But, yeah, getting back to your question, football, tennis and table tennis were, were my sports growing up. Can't beat a bit of table tennis, mate. So fun. <laughs> I, I used to be all right, but if you played me now, I'd be utter rubbish, eh? I can't even get the ball back. <laughs> I'm tragic, bro. I think I think you got one up on me. But uh, so obviously the Warriors are coming home soon. Will you be there? That's the plan. Yep. Um, I think I'll I'll finally get out of the studio and and get to a, a live Warriors game, which is it's kind of strange actually because. Um, I've, I've been covering the, the Warriors for Sky since, what I mean, 2020. Um, and in that time, so 2020, 21, 22, I haven't done a game at Mount Smart Stadium because they've been stuck in Australia. So um, when when July rocks around, just, you know, a month's time, I, I cannot wait because um, I've been to a lot of rugby league games at Mount Smart Stadium, watched the Warriors play from the... Um, Sir Peter Leach, Mad Butcher Lounge. Um, but, yeah, I've never been involved in a game day broadcast from Mount Smart Stadium. So, yeah, really looking forward to that and, and hopefully um, Adam Blair and 
Lowly Monty Beatham and Honey Hill to be smiling will be there with me and maybe I can even rope in Courtney Tidy to be sideline and yeah, it'd just be bloody awesome to to get there and soak up what should be an incredible atmosphere with, you know, thousands of people turning up and, and hopefully supporting them in a win against the West Tigers. Um, really looking forward to it. Yeah, 100% because it's like everyone talks about the scary part of television. What is it like actually recording those things in the studio? Like, do you have to remember lines or anything like that? Is it scary to do those or have you sort of gone used to it now? Um, I, I said this to my partner, Rebecca. I get more nervous cooking dinner in our kitchen <laughs> than I do, um, you know, hanging out in the studio or, you know, being at a, a live netball game or football game. Um I, it, maybe it used to be something that made me nervous. Like um, when I when I was first hosting television, um, I did I did a show called Our First Home on TVNZ. And when you're first like thrown into the deep end, there are cameras all over the place. You've got sound crew hanging around, and they're, they're trying to put things up your shirt. And you're like, hey, whoa, 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 whoa! I don't I don't go that way, man. Sorry, don't touch me like that. But it's all just part and parcel of it, right? So you've got people everywhere, and I, I guess you just get used to it uh, over time. Um, so yeah, I don't I don't really tend to get nervous. And I suppose the other part of it is, and and you guys will know this. Yeah, you're starting out, but you you just need to be prepared. So you know, you don't want to go in there and wing it. You want to be as prepared as possible. If it's the Vodafone Warriors up against the Manly Seagulls, who's in the team? What are the talking points? What's happened with the Seagulls recently? Um, Jake Trebojevic misses out on origin. He'll be wanting a big one this weekend. You know, just like make sure that you're well-versed in the subject that you're covering and you'll you'll have a great time and you won't be nervous, you know. you At the end of the day, you're in a really privileged position where you're talking about sport. Uh, and I think most people in New Zealand would give their right arm, right leg, left leg um, to, to do that. And, you know, you just got to have fun with it. And that's what I try to do at the end of the day, just have a bit of fun. And it totally takes the stress out of it. Yeah, absolutely. That's that's our dream. So um, for you to say that, it's uh, very inspiring. Um, so obviously, before you talked about Adam Blair, I must say as a Cowboys fan, did not like him as a player. Absolutely <laughs> hated him as a player. How is yeah. he as a um, and what does he do for Warriors TV? Well, Adam is he's he's awesome. Yeah, like I, I love the guy. He's uh, he's fantastic. He's a bit of a jokester, um, but even though he's a bit of a a, a joker, um, he knows rugby league inside out. And and sitting in our in a green room out at Sky watching the Warriors play, it's. Um, it's a real pleasure and a privilege to watch Adam watch the Warriors because, you know, a, a guy who's been in the game 15 years, played 331 first-grade games, he knows how the game of rugby league should be played. And quite often, the Vodafone Warriors sort of go against what they should be doing and come up with what they have been over the last 12 weeks. And, um, yeah, watching him go, oh, they should be going this way or why are they kicking early? Why are they kicking there? And all that sort of stuff. It's um, it's it's fantastic to to be in his company. Um, I, I'm kind of like you, Connor, in that when I when I watched him play, he he frustrated me a little bit because, you know, he, he sailed close to the wind, didn't he? He was um, always pushing the envelope. There was usually a, a mistake, a, an error or a penalty in his game. But having spoken to him about his approach, um, it, 
he, he was basically just doing what he was instructed to do. Um, he's a, a very studious and diligent player. And so if the coach, the management, the captain is saying, hey, Adam, I just want you to run this line. Just keep on running this line. Sometimes you'll get the ball, sometimes you won't, and just keep on niggling, keep on niggling. It wasn't really him. It was the instruction he was given to go out there on the field and do those things. So, you know, you'd learn a little bit more about the guy and, and his motives. And I'm totally forgiving for what I saw on the field now <laughs> because you, you understand the, the process behind it. Yeah, as a Warriors fan, it was a bit. I felt like we got him a bit too late. Like I enjoyed having him, but of course there were some days where he played amazing. Some days there was penalties and stuff. But that's the way it goes. Even with, I think Jazz is quite similar at the moment. Jazz Tavanga, but it's just the way it goes as a Warriors fan at the moment. But <laughs> yeah. So going yeah. back to like the start of your sports reporting career, I was just wondering, did you take the route of university, or how did that like all come about at the start? Yeah, um, most people are told to have a plan when they're at school and, um, you know, you're, you're working, well, I'm showing my age here, um, you want to make sure your school certificate and bursary and all that sort of stuff, you, you nail that and then your options are wide open for whatever you want to do at university. But the whole way through college, I didn't really know what I wanted to do or what I wanted to be. And... Um, I failed my sixth form year. I failed my seventh form year. I think I only passed one subject in each of those those years. And at the end of it, um, I, I just didn't know where I was going. And um, and I thought that you know the perfect thing to do would be um, to work uh, around the corner at the mobile service station, get you know cheap gas. Um, there was a McDonald's in the same facility, so I'd be able to nip by, get a burger, frozen coke, back to work. What a dream just around the corner from home. And um, I remember my mum was not too happy about that plan for me. Um, and so from there, I, I ended up doing a, a sports coaching course at um, Monaco Institute of Technology. And while that wasn't for me, when I was there, one of the lecturers was like, hey, Goran, do you, do you actually think this is going to be a, a career for you? And I said, yeah, 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 I'm loving it, loving it, loving life here. Can't get enough of this sports coaching. And they said, be honest. And I said, I hate it. And um, they were like, look, um, I've, I've cut this clipping out of the newspaper. Because, again, showing my age, this is what people used to do. Um, people would advertise in the, the local rag. Um, and this was a, an advertisement for the um, broadcasting school um, out of Christchurch Polytech. And she said, you know, you, you, you like to talk. Um, why don't you do this? And so, um, yeah, I, I ended up applying for the, the New Zealand Broadcasting School course. Um, didn't really know what I was getting myself in for. Managed to get through. Um, and then, yeah, I, I spent um, 2000, 2001, and the early part of 2002 um, studying not in Christchurch, but that opened up a campus in Glenfield on the North Shore of Auckland. And, um, yeah, I, I started studying there. Uh, even when I was there, I, I didn't really know what I wanted to do because it was all like it was a, a radio stream. Um, it wasn't specific to television or journalism. It was radio. And um, all the radio that I listened to, I didn't really want to be a part of, like, I didn't want to be on the, hey, 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 it's the pop music station. Um, it just didn't really fit who I was. 
And um, around the same time that I started studying, radio sport had emerged. Um, and I thought, well, why don't I, I combine my newfound love of radio broadcasting with my longtime love of sport? And what they made you do, I don't know if this is still the case, um, they, they made you do the last six months, it was like a, a very intense thesis um, on something very specific, something very particular in radio. And um, I chose to do mine on sports commentary on radio. So by picking that, I, I was able to get my foot kind of in the door at radio sport. And um, I, I spoke to a lot of people. I spoke to Bill Francis, who was the head of um, radio sport and News Talk ZB back in those days. Spoke to um, Martin Devlin. Spoke to Andrew Dewhurst, who was um, commentating football for radio sport. I even uh, managed to have a chat with Alan McLaughlin, the um, the old voice of rugby league on radio sport. And by doing that uh, and doing a good job on the thesis, um, I, I turned down the um, internships that were on offer you had to do like a six-month internship as as the the final part of your degree and I thought nah I don't I don't want to go to more FM and Topor I don't want to go to some unknown music station in Gore um, I've got my foot in the door here at Radio Sport I think this is where I want to be I'm going to see if I can get any work experience and I did and for months on end it was unpaid stuff but it was all part of the learning process. Um, got to work with Peter Montgomery. Got to work with Rude Kleinpaster, the bug guy on Newstalk ZB. Um, and from there, it just it just grew. And, you know, like I, I think back to, I think it was May 2002, I first walked in the door at Radio Sport and I was there for 17 and a half years. It was like the best time of my life. And I'd never change a thing. It was a, a weird way to, to get there, obviously not knowing what I was going to do out of school um, and, and failing sixth form and seventh form. Um, but and I'm not an advocate for like doing poorly at school. Don't get me wrong. Like make sure you, you study, but, um, yeah, it was, I, I literally would not change a thing because, um, it's been one hell of a ride for me and really enjoyed it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so going back to, obviously you're a Parramatta Eels fan. How are you feeling about them this year? Obviously you've got a strong side. I have, I have them winning the premiership. Oh, I'm just wow. going to ch- so. How are you feeling about them? I'm feeling a lot better after hearing that from you, Connor. Um, <laughs> uh, look, they've got all the pieces of the puzzle, don't they? Um, and, and they've shown it by beating Penrith in Penrith. They've beaten the Storm in Melbourne. But they're just a little inconsistent at the moment, aren't they? They'll they'll come up against a team like the Tigers and lose. Um, you know, they'll they'll let the Roosters get away on them um, before trying to chase them down and they just left themselves too much work to do. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I'd like to think that the Eels are going to go deep into the playoffs, but uh, it's hard to look past the Penrith Panthers. And I know that the Melbourne Storm have had a few rough games recently, but they'll come good. You know, once Pappenhausen is back, um, their, their team looks a lot more balanced. Um, they've been without Nelson Asofa Solomona for a few weeks as well. Um, they're doing it tough without Christian Welsh up front too. So, I mean, that's a that's a big out right from the word go. I think he was injured in the first match of the season against the Tigers, wasn't he? So, um, I, I still think the Melbourne Storm have uh, a part to play in the Premiership picture. Uh, I don't think the Cowboys will quite make it. 
doing very well for themselves. Sorry, but yeah, bye, Connor. We'll continue this, Josh. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, I, I think the the Eels would will go deep. Will they make a final? Love to see it. Will they win it again? Would love to see it. But Penrith Panthers are just man, they're ridiculous, aren't they? I mean, what do you yeah. guys think of the Panthers? And, and how, like, how how do you actually get up and beat these guys on a regular basis? Yeah, well, it just it's insane. Just look, fun, man, they're just having fun out there, just playing footy. Eh? It just seems like they're like they're they're obviously really consistent, but it just looks like they're just walking into the game with the boom box. <laughs> like just their their left edge is so deadly, and now they've got Taylor and Brian Sot on each side now. So uh, they're definitely tough to beat. Yeah. yeah, and I was looking at their team for this weekend, and you know they've got all these outs, but I still think they've got plenty in the in the tank to beat the Bulldogs. Yeah. <laughs> the Bulldogs are really battling. Yeah, we talked to this guy a couple of weeks ago, Darren Nichols. He was at Penrith for like three or four years, and he just said some of those guys since like under twelves have played together, like Cleary, Toto, Luai. He said that's why he reckons they're so good. Is that been playing with each other since they're eleven. It's like mm. some of them. It's ridiculous. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's almost like um, telepathic links. They've been playing together so long, and you know, you can see that with Nathan Cleary. He's like looking one way and pretending to pop a short bar- pass, and then he'll he'll fling it long. And Jerome Luai's always um, dancing around off the the outside of him. So yeah, geez, it's just it's hard to. It's it's hard to match that, isn't it? You can't really fabricate a partnership if it's been if it's been you know brewing for so long. Really, really difficult to match it. Yeah, well, I think the Eels have a good shot of making the grand final because for the last two years, Connor said a team's going to win the grand final, and they end up making the grand final and losing. So, wow, that's a good. You're not going to win, but grand final is <laughs> the way it's going. <laughs> Oh, well, you know, at least we get to the big dance, eh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 14 other teams won't, but the Eels will. Yeah. Um, talking about, like, 14, 15 other NRL teams, obviously the Dolphins coming in next year, and there's talk about an 18th NRL team coming soon and it being based in possibly New Zealand. So we're wondering what your thoughts were on that, and if so, if you do agree, where do you think it should be? Yeah, it's a it's an interesting one, eh? Um, I mean, there's been some talk about Wellington hosting a team. Um, I don't know if it was just like a little bit of speculation, but uh, others were talking about Christchurch getting a team um, and maybe basing someone uh, a team in, in the in the Waikato. But I don't know. Wellington seems the the logical choice if you are going to have a, a second New Zealand team. Um, Expansion? I don't know. I'm not sure. It's it's a it's a it's a tough one, eh? Because if they expand to 18 teams, there's there's been talk about um, having a conference system, and although they would make sure that everybody plays everyone at least once, and then you'd play everybody in your conference a second time. I don't know. It, it just doesn't it doesn't sort of float my boat. If you get my drift. Um, I mean, I'd love to go back to a, a competition where you actually, um, you know, you, you sort of concentrate the talent as opposed to dilute it. Um, make sure you've got um, enough players 
right across the the competition to make sure that the majority of those teams are really competitive. Because at the moment, what we're seeing is kind of got like a almost a top five, a top six, and then you've got ten teams battling it out for two spots in the top eight. Um, and you know, the Vodafone Warriors are one of those teams. They're basically fighting it out with nine other teams for two spots in the top eight. And you know, is, is is that good for the competition? Is it bad for the competition? I don't know. I'm not an administrator, obviously, but I, I just want to see the, the best possible product when I tune in every weekend. I don't want to see the Bulldogs getting flogged every week. I want to see all of the teams being competitive um, every weekend and making it really, really hard to pick results. Um, you know, do we do we have the, the talent in Australasia to support a 17th or an 18th team? I, I don't know. What do you guys think? I reckon Perth, to be honest. Perth could have a good good shot at getting a team. Yeah. Well, it's like you see the Dolphins team for next year and it looks like it could be a wooden spoon content. Like, obviously, they're still making like signings, but their team at the moment almost looks like a, at best, like maybe 12th or 13th team. You know, they don't look great. So if you add another team to that, all of a sudden it's going to be even worse. So who really knows, to be honest? Like, you just yeah. don't know. But expansion teams have worked. I mean, look at the Melbourne Storm. Look at the Brisbane Broncos. So, you know, it, it can work. Um, and when you think about it, North Queensland came in at the, exactly the same time as the Vodafone Warriors, and they've won a premiership. So, you know, like maybe the, the Dolphins will go through, a, a, you know, some tough times early. There'll be a few teething problems, but they've also got Wayne Bennett in charge. And while he might look like he's snoozing most of the time in the in the coach's box, he's got a pretty decent idea of what it takes to to win NRL games and premierships. So, yeah, it, it might look like a side that will be challenging for the the wooden spoon. But mark my words, if if anyone can, um, you know, get a, a rabble going, it'll be Wayne Bennett. Oh, absolutely. Watching what he did for that Queensland team a couple of years ago was actually ridiculous. Like, they were the worst Queensland team in history, everyone was saying. Yeah. And when takes us to a 2-1 win, like, that doesn't really happen now. Nah, nah. I don't think um, Queensland will have too many issues this time around. They don't really need, like, a super coach to get the job done. Like, New South Wales will they'll struggle, I think, this season um in the origin um I, I honestly don't know why they haven't picked jake trebojevic because he's he's just one of these characters who's he's he is origin you know like you always hear these people say oh he's an origin player well he's an origin player <laughs> um and even though josh adokar is with the bulldogs now his origin record speaks for itself and in a, a brilliant blues team he will excel again so i think they've they've missed a couple of tricks um new south wales this time around but that Queensland team looks pretty pretty strong. Yeah, even that Crichton, the centre at 14 is a bit strange, like people are going on what's going to really happen there, and Wyson's at centre. There's a lot of, almost seems like sometimes Fitless sort of tries to overcomplicate it a bit, but it's gone well for the most part, but sometimes you wonder is he just overcomplicating it for the sake of it, but yeah. Mm, yeah, like when he picked pretty much a, a backline full of fullbacks. <laughs> You know, maybe it works and maybe it doesn't. Yeah, I suppose you're always trying to um, innovate, aren't you? Um, And maybe that gets you across the line and maybe it it blows up in your face. But, um, uh, you know, when you look at the Penrith Panthers and how well they've been playing, um, and and Crichton's been scoring tries and looking pretty good in their back line. So 
why wouldn't you give them a go? Um, I, I suppose now is the time. If the Penrith Panthers somehow start falling away, you, you can never pick Crichton, can you, as long as he's at the club? So now, now is the time to, to pick most of those guys. Yeah, for sure. Are, are you happy with Whiten in the team? Like, would you rather him or Hines? I think I'd go Whiten, um, just because he he has big game experience. I think Hines is still trying to find his his feet. He's been playing really well um, as a, a full time halfback at the Sharks, but I don't know. I, I like I like Whiten. He's a big body, big presence. Um, one of these guys who likes to get up for these big games. So I, I'm I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is his haircut, and I hope he gets rid of that mullet at some point because it just looks so bad. Like, I can't talk. I don't have a great hairstyle, but um, he, he can actually help himself and just, you know, tidy up the back part. Yeah. Um, don't know why he doesn't. <laughs> Before we go, um, I'm a big football fan as well, Man United fan, so I was, to be honest, wondering what teams you support. Are you a big fan of the A-League, Premier League? What are the teams you're backing at the moment? Yeah, um, I'm a Liverpool supporter. Um, so yeah, I was a bit gutted the other day and, and the, the week before, uh, missing out the, to Manchester City and Real Madrid. But, uh, you know, but we'll take two trophies. Yeah. We'll take two trophies. That's, that's fine. That's an okay season. Um, so yeah, I, the reason I support Liverpool is, um, when, when I was in my first season of football at, um, Pakaranga Town AFC, all the, um, all the young kids were put in different teams and, and they were given um, English Premier League or English First Division team names. And so my team was Liverpool. I didn't know how good or how bad they were. I was just like, oh, well, I'm, I'm in Liverpool now, so let's find out more about Liverpool. And at the time, it just so happened that they were really good. My best friend, he was put in Queen's Park Rangers. <laughs> and, um, yeah, unfortunately, I don't even know how he finds... Um, game coverage of them. So, uh, yeah, I was pretty lucky to, to fall on Liverpool. And, and when it comes to the A-League, uh, it's the Wellington Phoenix. Um, love the Phoenix and can't wait to see them back home so we can start covering their, their games uh, at the Caketon uh, Sky Stadium. So, yeah, it'll be, it'll be a tough one uh, next season for the Wellington Phoenix, though, given all of the departures both confirmed and impending. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know how they rebuild the squad, um, but Ufuk Tele, if he hangs around, I hope he does. Um, he's he's a bit of a, I don't know, he's he's got the golden touch. So whoever he manages to bring to the club, I'm confident that they'll perform. But it'll be hard without um, Reno Piscopo. I thought he started playing some really good football towards the end of this season, just gone. Um, and to think that he's going to be playing for a different club in the A-League kind of kind of hurts a bit. But, um, yeah, I've got confidence in Ufuk Tele, and I think they'll they'll go really well playing back in front of their, their home fans as well. Just just before we wrap up, I want to do one more quick segment with you. It's called, <laughs> it's called Yeah or Nah. So you say Yeah or Nah. It's rules in the NRL that have just come in. So say I say six again, you'd say Yeah or Nah. Okay. All right. Are you a fan of the six again? Nah. Are you a fan of the 2040? No. <laughs> what about the two-point field goal? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. That one's entertaining, I reckon. Yeah. Changes the atmosphere. 
And then the last one, are you a fan of the head high send-offs? Oh, that's a tough one. You've given me a year or an hour. I think that's a discussion point, isn't it? <laughs> um, am I a fan? I mean, sometimes you just shake your head and you go, oh, that's not a send-off. But at other times you're like, well, you've got to be sent off because there was there was definite intent and there was force. So it, it, it depends from head high contact to head high contact. You, you can't just make a blanket ruling. I'll say... Um, Nah, no. <laughs> I I feel like they target players with that as well. Like, like Jaden Sewer, he he's been simbing a few times for like a late shot, which is like just after the ball's been done. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I remember back um, to the Storm Eels game, and they, I think, was it Nelson Asofa Solomona hit somebody in the tackle. He may have been second or third man in, and um, collected somebody in the head. But it was it went unpunished, and, and maybe he got a fine afterwards. And then other players, you know, there's like innocuous head contact, and they they get marched for ten, or they get sent off, and they end up getting like three or four weeks suspensions. It's just I, I just want a bit of like um, I just want consistency, really. And I think that's all any rugby league fan wants at the end of the day, you know, like that contact was very similar to that contact. So therefore the same thing's going to happen to that person. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So before we, we're going to wrap up in a few minutes, we've got guidelines from Spotify and stuff at the moment. So we got to finish <laughs> in the 45 minute mark, but one last thing, what one tip would you give to someone looking to get into sports media in this climate? Um, I would say just, just have fun, you know, um, just have fun and and be prepared. That's that's essentially it. You know, um, you want you want to make things enjoyable for people watching on, um, and you want to be informed so they're informed. Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's it is sport. It's not life and death. It's not brain surgery on a. Um, operating room table, we're not sending rockets to space with people on board, the rocket might explode. It's it's rugby league or whatever it is that you've chosen to to cover. Um, let, let's make it fun, let's make, make it in, informative and let's all have a good time. And if you're, if you're prepared, um, uh, I don't think there's much that can go wrong. And, you know, like if you've got one camera on you or if you've got 17, just uh, just have fun. And um, that would be my message. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, Goran, for coming on. We're, we had a bit of a struggle for guests in the last few months, but we're actually starting to get more guests back onto the podcast. It's always hard, rugby league season, to especially get players. So we enjoy your sort of different perspective as a bit of a media member. So thanks for coming on. Oh, no dramas at all, eh? Anytime uh, you want any help, advice... Banter, just meet me on the the um, roundabout at uh, <laughs> Estale, and uh, we'll, we'll have a, a few yarns. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. Sweet, thank you. Sweet as.